Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. So Jesus came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. On the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him were astounded. They said, where does this man get all this? What is this wisdom that's been given to him? What deeds of power are being done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James, and Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? Are not his sisters here with them? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, Prophets are not without honor except in their hometown and among their own kin and in their own houses. He could do no deeds of power there except that he laid his hands on sick people and cured them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Then he went about among the villages teaching. He called the twelve and began to send them out two by two. He gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He ordered them to take nothing for their journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in their belt, but just to wear their sandals and not put on a second tunic. He said to them, Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the place. And if any place will not welcome you and they refuse to hear you, as you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out. They went out and they proclaimed that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. So a happy 4th of July to all of you. I'm so excited again to see all your faces, to see you present in worship and celebrating this good news together. Um, I have to say I'm also a little extra excited this week because I'm still basking in the excitement from Vacation Bible School this past week. And I absolutely loved it because uh, Jen and her crew of volunteers and support staff, they put on such a lovely week of activities and games, songs and crafts and snacks and stories. It was excellent. We transformed Good Shepherd this week into Crocodile Dock is what we called it. And the kids who attended were reminded by the dock of God's presence, of God's power, of God's promises, and of God's enduring care for all of God's people. Each day we'd talk about one of these lessons, and then the kids would shout back, Fear not! As we learned that God's love was enduring, and that they could be courageous in their faith and in their love for their neighbors. Um, I got to help out most of all this year with like the opening skits and storytelling and stuff like that, which meant I got to basically play some cartoonish dock-dwelling person from Crocodile Dock named Skeeter. It also meant I got to wear, uh, got to, had to wear these big muck boots all week. And let me tell you, I got really annoyed with that on a very hot week. Rubber boots, man. Woofa doofa. Was, was not too excited to wear those anymore on, on the last day. Um, but it did nothing to overwhelm my sense of pride for Jen and all the folks putting this event on because it was just so great to be back. So great to have kids in the building learning about Jesus, learning about God's promises, and being surrounded, perhaps most importantly, by people who care about us. It's one of the greatest things we can do as a church. In discipleship, it's creating these resilient people that know they are loved not just by their family, but by this body of Christ 
It was absolutely beautiful. And um, I was reading this reading this week from Mark. And I had this feeling, I go, I wonder if how, how proud Jesus was of sending out his disciples when he called them together and said, hey, each of you are going to go out and do this thing. Because that's essentially what we're doing is equipping people, letting them know we love them, Jesus loves them, and they're going to do incredible things. Um, so this reading just spoke to me because Jesus has been doing his little speaking circuit, essentially. He started out his ministry and he's speaking at all these places. He then goes to the synagogue in his hometown. He's done healings and miracles in other places. And he finally gets home. The tour returns home and he experiences this kind of predictable thing where there's some envy, right? There's a little bit of envy about this boy coming home and speaking the way that he does. He's just got a little too famous because we knew him back when he had a runny nose and back when he always had stains on his shirt. And now he's up here doing these incredible things. They're all saying, hey, you went to the same Sunday school my kid went to. I don't know where you're getting all this stuff. And it's, it's challenging, right? It's challenging for Jesus. But Jesus takes it and he works with it. He's able to still heal a few people. And it says he kept on keeping on. He went on to the next town making disciples. And then my favorite part of the story happens. He gets his disciples together and he says, y'all, Back home, they thought it was real wild that I could do these healings, that I could cast out demons, that I could proclaim this good news. Well, wait till they get a load of you. A bunch of fishermen and tax collectors now. Y'all are going to go out there and do the same things I did. And I love how excited Jesus is to say, how confident he is in those disciples to say, go on out. Don't even bring money. Don't even bring a change of clothes. Just go for it. I love that. But has anyone ever wondered, what do you think the disciples thought about this plan? All right, guys, we're leaving. Walk next town over. Don't bring a change of clothes. Don't bring money. Just go for it. They're probably thinking, well, are you sure about this, sir? Imagine Jesus has been doing these incredible things, casting out demons, healing the sick, talking the way he does, in a way that makes everybody around him go, Wow! And then he goes, hey, glad you like it. Now you go do it. I think a lot of them would say, whoa, 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 Jesus, let's slow it down a bit. It's a bit intimidating. Um, I'd prefer to just keep the situation the same. I'll keep watching, and you keep doing. Does that sound like a plan? And he says, no, 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 no. Not only can you do the things that I do, he later says, you're going to do even greater things than me. That just feels so hard to believe, right? Can you imagine those disciples, how intimidating that would have sounded? I think it sounds extra intimidating to us too, because for many of us, the world teaches us that we have a certain set of skills, right? You're gifted in certain ways. Um, you have different talents or gifts or interests, and when you find a way to put all those things together... Uh, you create something like a vocation or a calling. You find your passion. You find your career. And then you pick that lane and you do it. High schoolers could probably vouch. They start asking you, what are you going to do after high school? What's your lane? What are you going to do? So when Jesus tells these people who've already got a lane, professional fishermen, tax collectors, all the other gigs, and says, hey, you're going to do what I do, they may have honestly felt like saying, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know if I want to do the thing you do. 
But then, something happens. They do it anyways. And I think about that courage they have to go out and do this. And I think, you know, the same could be said for us. Maybe you've heard about missions or ministries or things that Good Shepherd does as a community. And you think, wow, that is great. That is undeniably good work. Maybe it's VBS, right? Wow, undeniably good work of doing VBS for all these kids. But if I were to say, all right, are you ready to put on muck boots and pretend to live on the dock and make the kids laugh and tell a story about Pharaoh? And Well, maybe not. Fair. Or maybe when we talked about going on our trip to Haiti to see our partners in Haiti, you say, that's undeniably good work. I love it. But go there myself, maybe that's not for me. That's fair. You can have a different set of gifts. And I think Jesus recognized that. Because he even says to the disciples, you're going to go someplace, and it ain't going to land. The thing you try, you're going to go into a town doing this thing, and you know what? No one's going to welcome you in. They're not going to be that interested. And uh, it's not going to work. But what do you do? Do you remember? Shake the dust off. Shake the dust off. Move on. Keep on keeping on. Dust it off and move along. So for us, when we run into these situations where maybe we're facing an opportunity or a new ministry or opportunity to uh, care for our neighbors, and we go, oh, I like it, but that's not for me. That's fair. But the question is, what does? What does work for you? What is your gift? How can you bless your neighbor in the world? Because there's not only one way to further the kingdom— to serve neighbor, to bless the world. What is something that God may be calling you into? And I'm going to say it, it might actually surprise you. It might uh, surprisingly fit your specific gifts. Because sometimes Jesus can do anything, out of anything. I have this great story. Do you think the, the 12 disciples were all perfect clones of Jesus? They just did it exactly like Jesus did? Or do you think they all kind of brought their own flavor to it? Obviously, right? The way that Peter would have talked about the kingdom probably had a bit to do with fishing. Because that's what his gift was. He liked talking about that kind of stuff. So a really cool thing happened this week. Um, we had a volunteer, and it was, um, his name's Michael Paulin, and he was, uh, his two little ones were in VBS, and he volunteered this year for the first time to help out with VBS, and he volunteered for storytelling which is like kind of challenging to do this kind of performative thing for little, little, little ones and queens and still manage to get like your lesson across. It's a lot. It requires a lot of vulnerability. And when I heard it, I was like, Michael, oh yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm loving this. I, I'm curious how he's going to do. And he gets there and he's like, oh, this is a little intimidating. And we did it. We, we went through the story. And it ended, and it was great. And he looks at me and he goes, well, that was a lot harder than corporate tax accounting. And I go, yeah, but I bet. Now, for me, I could not imagine doing corporate tax accounting. Telling kids stories, that's, that's my favorite. But can you imagine that courage to go, I'm just going to try this. It, it feels so much like this, go out, don't take money, just take your walking stick and see what happens. And he did it. It was fantastic. It was beautiful. I was so happy to see it because it was like, look what God does when we're willing to give it a shot. When we're willing to say, yes, Lord, 
let's try this thing. I laughed about this for days because every day I'd come in there and he was a little more confident with it and getting more into it and playful. And I, it, it just brought so much warmth to my heart. And that's why I'm saying, what is God maybe inviting us into to take that sort of risk to go out and try something new? We may be asking ourselves, who are we? What is our gift? Maybe this isn't my thing. But something is. And that something may surprise you like it did with Michael. One thing I hope doesn't surprise you is that God will make beautiful things out of all this stuff we have here. God is changing the world through this beautiful thing that God started, which is this church, which is in essence people flawed and amazing and beautiful and at the same time rough around the edges and figuring itself out, this body of believers. After this week, I'm just so encouraged to see how God is going to continue to tell God's story through the body, you, all of us. How are we going to pack up our walking sticks and courageously take on the new tasks of ministry post-COVID? Because, folks, Good Shepherd, I say this a lot, Good Shepherd has an embarrassment of riches. An embarrassment of riches. You're part of that treasure. Each and every one of you. Each and every one of you are part of that. You have been gifted by God to tell this story. You may think you haven't, but you have. You have the ability to share it in your unique, profound, and beautiful ways. You may think you don't, but you do. You have unique talents to further the good news. You may wonder what it is. That's fair. But you do have it. You may be asking, well, what if I fail? What if I'm not cut out for it? Right? Shake the dust off. It's okay. Next step. Next town. Keep on keeping on. There's a next iteration of this good news, and it's going to be revealed through you. And how you love your neighbor uniquely. How you uniquely share the good news in your own words. How you will welcome the stranger in your midst, who you will recognize and say, welcome. Who you will see who is suffering and say, I can bring comfort. Who you will see is celebrating, and you can say, I will celebrate with you, brother, sister. Proclaim in word and deed that the kingdom is coming and that it is good news. Let's get to it, right? Let's get to it. Because God has such big plans for each and every one of us. And for that I say, thanks be to God and amen.